listeners, fellow Canadians. <laughs> okay, so I can't believe that they're gone. And by they, I mean he. And by he, I mean Martin Marincha. Oh, this is how we're kicking it off? This is how this we're is kicking how we're, it off. Oh, wow. So I'm going to give our listeners two heads up. One, I am a touch hungover, as I told you. Because my friend won a big comedy competition last night and bought me a bunch of drinks. Two. Congratulations to your friend, by the way. Congratulations to my friend, Stephen Payette. I should shout him out. I don't think he listens yeah. to this, but uh, nonetheless, it's in the it's on the airwaves now. Uh, yeah. Number two is that I ate a weed gummy that I didn't think would kick in and did. So oh. let's have a good pod, everyone. Oh, you, you did before we recorded? Yeah, I oh, misread I it, and I was like, oh, this is small, <laughs> and uh, I, it will be fine, but uh, I am more relaxed than I normally am, but that I might am... be that, or it might be because the Leafs are not in the playoffs right now. I'm supremely, uh, this is exactly what I want. This is the, this is the best news I got all day. <laughs> oh, is that true? Oh, that's, thank, you yeah. for your, thank you for your support. Yeah. That's very nice. Okay, so Montreal absolutely wrecked the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sweet Lord. Jets didn't lead for a single second of that series. They did not hold the lead at all in four games. That's how dominant of a win this was for the last team standing Kings of the North, Montreal Canadiens. I think I speak behalf on everybody when I say behalf on everybody. Yeah, we're. Ooh, hot start. I we think you do. I think you hot. do. <laughs> I, sp- I think I speak on behalf of everybody when uh, I say in January, we all knew we'd get here. Am I right? Montreal Canadiens heading into the final four. Yes. I think behalf on top of everyone as well. I can't believe that this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, you got to give it up for the Habs. I mean, it's it's shockingly. Imp- How are you doing? Let's again. Let's start with the emotional side of this. As a uh, uh, you're a Leafs fan, mm-hmm. and you just got eliminated by this team, who historically mm-hmm. you have not liked much. How are you feeling? Are you rooting for them? Oh, I am rooting for Carey Price. I, uh, I I believe like one of the first playoff episodes we did or one of the first episodes we did of this show, I was like, I have an affinity for Carey Price. I am a Carey Price stan and I would love to see him lift the Stanley Cup and I always add the asterisks so long as they stay out of the Toronto Maple Leafs way. Well, we can't always get what we want, Mick Jagger says. <laughs> but, like, Actually, Mick Jagger only says you it... can't always get what you want. I yeah, just have to yeah, speak, true. Uh, on behalf of Mick Jagger. It's, that's right. Uh, I was just going to go off into a tangent, but I'm going to save us uh, the story of Mick Jagger and the pool boy that I have saved in my brain. You know what, Charles? Or, uh, it's, a, it's a hang on now. You are a man of many tangents, uh, but it's yep. in Newfoundland. Yesterday I was swimming. Today it is snowing. It's a beautiful Christmas day here on June 10th in Newfoundland. I'm going to give you the Christmas gift of this tangent. Take take your oh, tangent. Beautiful. Tell us about Mick Jagger. My God. <laughs> okay. So there's, there's a story like Mick Jagger, obviously owns houses everywhere. And there's a story I read one time, or I might've heard it on a radio interview somewhere or something of the, the sort, uh, where he's got a house in Brazil and there's people that, you know, keep the house, you, housekeepers and stuff like that. So <clears throat> probably goes there once every four or five years. Cause you're Mick Jagger, you're a busy guy. He goes in one day, like unexpectedly. I think he was there to watch like a, a World Cup of soccer match when it was in Brazil. And there's <laughs> someone. The Cup of Soccer Match. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, is, is that the thing? World Cup of Soccer? Is it? I, I don't it know. Just keep anyway, going with your tangent. Anyhow, uh, anyhow uh, he shows up and there's someone there cleaning the pool and he like flips out. He's like, what the hell? How'd you get in here? You're not supposed to be here. You know, you're, you're not allowed in here. This is a private residence dude. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm Mick Jagger. Like the guy was working there and was like, shit, he does exist. Like I guess he didn't know who owned the house that he was working for. Uh, I don't remember where I've, I've read that one or picked up that one, but I always thought about like, imagine, showing up to your own super bougie mansion and someone like accosting you being like, you can't be here. It's like, dude, I'm Mick Jagger. Like, yeah. I don't know who I am. <laughs> there so, we go. 
Have you ever heard the Mulaney story from SNL? I've been working with Mick Jagger when Mick Jagger would just go, Diet Coke, and someone would give him one. No, I did not. Okay, well, that's a, you should look that up. And I am going to pull this back. So a fun little thing about doing this podcast that I can let the listeners in on is our producer, who is a, a very good understander and purveyor of hockey statistics. And sometimes he will drop little factoids into the, to the side of the chat in our Zoom to make us look smart. Um, he, he, you got about halfway through that make Mick Jagger story. To make Matt look smart. <laughs> yeah, there's no halfway, to me. <laughs> he got half, you can read, Charles. I've seen you do it. Anyway, so halfway through that story, he said, Montreal led in basically all offensive categories, but also had a 1.04 PDO and shot 10.6%, which is uh, producer language for talk about the fucking series. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I will take that note. Yes, I mean, Montreal, uh, I mean, they did dominate. They deserved to win. They did get the bounces, but the honestly, they earned everything that they got here. It was, in, they won every expected goals matchup as well. So, like, this is for real. And I will say, though, that Montreal, while their stats aren't lucky, like, they have had a bit of a horseshoe up their ass the entire playoffs. You gotta say they played the Leafs or in their crease. <laughs> uh, they played the Jets without Mark Shifley for very different reasons. Shifley is pretty key to that Jets offense, and their depth was exposed pretty badly too. I had a thought during that series, which is that the way that Montreal sets up, the team that's best designed to beat the Canadians is was actually the Oilers. Oh, I yeah. think if it was yeah. Oilers, Habs, and Leafs, Jets, I mean, I think we, if you think about it, because the player, basically, if, you have, if you're stacking five defensemen on that blue line, it becomes very difficult. Unless you're a very silky skater, it gets hard to have, like, a solid entry and make something happen. And the best, in, like, the best at that is McDavid, right? And in the terms question- of Toronto, Toronto's best player was Nylander. And mm-hmm. in terms of skating, I'm not saying that Neil Anders anywhere is near as good as McDavid, but in the sense that he also has an ability to get the puck into the zone, and he was Toronto's most effective player. So I think that the way the Habs are built, while excellent to deal with the Jets, I think Connor McDavid was probably at home licking his chops. <laughs> do, do you think, though, do you think that – here's my question to that. I thought about this over the weekend. Like, if the – Things were juggled and the Leafs played the Jets, which was a possibility, and the Oilers played the Habs. Would the Oilers still win if they weren't getting the power plays? Because McDavid famously drew zero power plays against the Jets. I still think Montreal gives them a kind of a run there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they do. I think the way that Montreal is playing right now, they're putting this together at all the right time. It's kind of shocking. Uh, just they I think they have a chance against you know any team I'm just saying that the Jets like if a team with skill like Toronto or like Edmonton for instance had that issue with Montreal the Jets without Shifley never had a chance like Mark Shifley my god that interview he did holy shit he I don't know what do you think about the interview I this isn't my favorite quote I saw a tweet that was the Mark Shifley interview can be renamed to how to rep- ruin your reputation in 10 seconds. Yeah. Jesus My Christ. God. And like everything about Mark Shifley in this series it was as uncharacteristic as it gets. It Game really one. has. And that's Game not just one. in the NHL, even in his junior career and stuff as well. Yeah, I've never seen him take liberties, let alone a cheap shot. Game one, he takes it like a cheap shot. Like we we spoke about it last week. And I think when I listened back to that and I was like, Jesus, I'm responding to that hit like the Hindenburg is going down. And I was because it's probably the craziest hit I've seen. Like the most blatant attempt to injure I've seen that didn't involve like a stick whacking a guy. Agreed. But then he digs in and like this interview, he just unloads. As if to say like, most guys would be like, yeah, it's unfortunate. I've got to clean up my game or I shouldn't have did that. Not, not me and Mark, man. Not me and Mark at all. No. He went out already at a cost. Like, the first thing he says is like, 
we're here. None of you people believed in us from the first start of the season. None of you reporters believed in us. Like, fuck, he was having a bad day or something. Oh, it's very strange. And we're, we're going to have to get to him when we're going to have Tim Gray coming on to uh, say goodbye to the Jets. So maybe we'll get – I'm interested to see what he thinks about that because I'm worried – are not worried. I'm. I'm. I'm interested to know how much the blinders are on. If, <laughs> if 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 Jets fans are like, no, that's true. He's right. Or if they're like, oh my god, our boy has lost his mind. One thing I love, he's wearing like the weirdest getup. Eh, he shows up in those like blue baggy pajamas that love it. Messi Bretzky used to always wear in the Oilers era. Absolutely There's love it. Like blue shirt that's hanging off of him. So here's a question. Absolutely. Is T- Tyler Toffoli, was he the single best move of free agency last year? Does an example come to, come to mind that you think got a better contract? Um, I don't have no. it. He no, is on a 70-point pace this year, and I'm going to pull up cap friendly. But, uh, like – Tyler Toffoli is just ripping it. He is so, so incredibly good, and he is making, you know, what, okay, so here's here's the, sorry. Charles, can you take over here? I got to find, I don't have the number here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did think of one. I thought oh, of I just one. found it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, well, the only one I could think about is like, and you've got to add an asterisk to it because it's definitely not a value signing in year one. You can compare what Alex Petrangelo has done to the Vegas blue line. I, I thought about him too, yeah. Yeah, but... He's probably making one. above market value, though. Whereas and you have he got four turned. years of Toffoli yeah, at 4.2 mil. Yeah. 4.2! Also, there's an age difference there, and, and, and there's seven on the uh, Petrangelo deal. Is it Petrangelo or Peterangelo? It's, it's Petrangelo. Petrangelo, okay, <laughs> yeah. I got there was a bunch of Montreal Canadiens. Honestly, I think I'm going to have to do my personal favorite segment, which is Matt that oh, Matt owes Carey Price an apology. I got a message from a listener uh, saying that <laughs> Carey Price did not have the second worst goalie contract in the NHL, and I think that that is fair because I forgot about Martin Jones. But I do think Price is the third. If you'd like wow. to debate me, send me a little message. I don't pay ten million dollars for goaltending under any circumstance. I'm sorry. So, couple I don't guys have that to pay. <laughs> Well, no, I wouldn't, but like, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I listen, I'm aware that I cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I am not in a position to really criticize how people allocate their cap dollars, but I will forever think a $10 million goalie is. Uh, um, if I'm a GM, if but I'm you, a GM, which I am, yeah, in this moment, I'm a GM. I'm going to have one of those weirdo Lou Lamarillo rules that I never break. And that's no goalie ever gets term longer than four years. You want five years? Go somewhere else. If you're yeah. if you're playing hardball in your final year of a deal for a five year extension, we'll trade you. Where do you want to go? Well, we can accommodate your trade request. What about Asher Demko? What about a goalie who's about twenty five years old? Don't care. Don't care. Four years. That's it. That's all I'm giving you. For, for like, you could be Patrick Waugh, and you could be I don't know. You could be Patrick Waugh and also sent from the future. You could have. <laughs> You have like that Terminator thing going on where you see the future. I'm not so okay. Years. Let me let me get this straight. You wouldn't give a 55 year old man a five year contract. Is that what you're saying right now? Because I don't well, know if I can get behind that kind of thinking. I think Tyler Toffoli probably caused a 55 year old man a five year contract because there were all kinds of smoke rumors going around oh, that he'd be the next GM. No, that's the best segue <laughs> in the history of this podcast. My God. <laughs> Get an angry letter from the law after this. I just, I I think it's, I I, I have some thoughts, but I honestly just like right now, I feel like if I'm a Habs listener right now, I'm irritated because we're, I feel like we should give it up. There's all these things about, we can't be talking about contracts and the GM and stuff. Like what, I tell you a couple guys, here's some more apologies that are owed for me. Uh, And actually a lot of Habs fans. First of all, I should apologize to Ben Sherratt. He has been very, very, very good. I shit on him kind of relentlessly. Uh, And you know what? His numbers getting out of the zone are better than everyone except one defenseman who has actually made a huge difference for the Montreal Canadiens and is literally their best at exiting the defensive zone and getting the puck out cleanly by a fair margin. Can you guess who I'm talking about? Uh, I think it's going to be Eric Gustafson. 
Shadaisy. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Eric I, I wanted to get to has him. been quite good. There was, so uh, I watched game two, actually, kind of half watched it uh, at your house, actually. And it was on a small screen. And I remember watching it, and I was like, this guy who they threw in in game five of the Leaf series is fucking feeling everything. And he was Deacon guys, and he pulled the Travis Dermott move in game two successfully, where he turned around in his own zone, and it didn't end up in the back of their net. Yeah. And then, so, after game two, I was like, Jesus, the Habs could wrap this up pretty quick. After game three, I was like, there is no probability in this world that's going to make me believe they don't sweep this Jets team. Like, after game three, I was like, I, I literally do not care if it's the Simpsons episode where they all, like, half the team goes missing from softball. I was like, There's, they're, not, they're not winning. <laughs> I, like, it could, be, it could be Carey Price gets lost in the hole of oblivion and they're throwing in that primo kid. And it's like, no, they're still not going to – that Jets team is, is not going to win a game. Well, you're throwing in Jake Allen, who is a starting goaltender, straight even up. If, even if he gets lost. Because I remember the last time Montreal was in the conference finals, I remember they were playing the Rangers, and Chris Kreider injured Carey yeah. Price, and it bummed me out, honestly. Yeah. Uh, though I was cheering for the Rangers. I won't lie about that. But I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that sucks. Here's the thing, though. Montreal is equipped to weather a goaltending injury. If that happens, and I pray it does not, because Carey Price deeply deserves the run he's on, and I hope he's having the time of his life. He looks bored, to be honest, which is probably why he's playing so well. Uh, he just looks so fucking chill. He just looks like he is doing a child's puzzle. He's playing solitaire on his phone when the puck is on the other side of the ice. Yeah. He's been incredible, but this Montreal team, if that does happen, if history repeats itself, which I hope that it doesn't, they were, they would be ready to weather it. Speaking of zone entries, another great guy there in Montreal, Corey Perry. Holy shit, man. Corey Perry. Corey Perry. <laughs> my voice. Corey Perry has had himself a playoffs, and he had himself a playoffs in Dallas. I'm never sure if I believe that, like, there are some guys who just seem to turn it on in the playoffs, and Perry is absolutely one of them. He's been a monster. And not in, like, oh, he's under their skin. He can't make it happen. Like, Corey Perry is playing like he won a heart. Yeah, he's an offensive force. And it's funny because I I always get worried when I, like, throw a guy's age as being old out there because Corey Perry's probably only four years older than me. But it feels like Corey Perry's been around the league since I was about 12 years old. I Um, mean, Corey Perry's 36. Four years older than me. God damn yeah, but, like, you have a bad back all the time, and so do I. It's different. We're not training. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're sitting down doing a podcast having four bubbly waters each. We're not, oh, the, we're not athletes. I got we're, the big one for this one. Yeah, you gotta, you're drinking a, what looks to be a keg of bubbly water. <laughs> Thrilled they come in pint cans now. Parties are going to be so much easier. Oh, my God. Is that a new craft beer? No, it's no. pineapple bubbly. It's pineapple. I, you know what's funny? I'm drinking a pineapple bubbly right now. <laughs> No, we're not sponsored. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Puxedo. It's the only hockey podcast in the world in the world that doesn't come with 40 pube trimming ads. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Every hockey podcast right now, oh, there's man. not one. Not one can I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just like even the – what are you – I guess everyone's getting vaccinated. Well, I don't know what the what is the what is the marketing push on the pube trimming ads right now? Gracious goodness, oh, man! <laughs> I just I'm wondering if this is actually like is this changing anyone's grooming habits. If someone's listening to like you know one of the staple hockey podcasts and they're like, oh wow, gotta get that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, who listens to the Leaf Report and you're like, you know what I need to deal with now after that? <laughs> Sorry. This is kind of meant to happen because we talked about at the beginning that Winnipeg is a team that struggles so hard defending the rush, and Montreal creates about 100% of their offense off the rush. Off the Cole rush. Caulfield has been, man, he is ready right now. I think he is yet another example that sometimes 
if you're that talented, even if you're young, even if you're small and you're not strong and you don't, you're not used to the NHL game, some guys are so talented, you just got to get them in there. And I honestly think that a lot of Jets fans were kind of mad about that with Billy Heinle. And uh, I, know, I know two Jets fans. That were I bet if that. you're frustrated with that and just to watch what Caulfield was doing, like that pass in overtime, like I know that the narrative with the Canadians, everyone wants to talk about the rough and tumble of it all, but there's something to be said about those, just like a small player who goes in. It's just as valuable for a guy like that to creep in, not even be in the corner. He's not battling in the corner. He's lurking outside it, and he sees a moment, and that's all he needs, lifts a stick, he's got the puck, zips it across, and ends the series. A child. uh, A child on his way to Mordor did that, Charles. I uh, I don't know. It, it pains me to see how good he is uh, in that, especially in that Jet series, because it's like I, I got I got two buddies that like before the draft lottery had happened that year, that was their guy. That was their number one A prospect. They were like, he's going to go around anywhere from tenth to fifteenth. And the Habs might be in that spot. Like they were talking about that in February of the season. And sure enough, that's who they landed. And like we're Leafs fans. We've been excited for the draft before. It's kind of nerve wracking to have stock, like personal stock in a prospect and your team goes up to the podium and that guy's still on the board. And Mm -hmm. I got, yeah, like I had that with Alex to bring it. Yeah. Igor Korshkov. Yeah, dude, still hurts. I actually oh. love it. There, there was a study that somebody did that they just did the draft. So they did, mm-hmm. they looked at the NHL draft. And then what they did was basically, I'd love to have the link for this if I can find it. But they looked at it and they just said, okay, so what we're going to do, this is our system for the draft. In hindsight, we're not allowed to look backward. We're going to only look at players in the WHL. So we're going to ignore college and European free agents altogether. All we're going to do is just instead of even thinking about the draft, we're just going to go descending in order of points. We're not even going to – they didn't do anything. They didn't change it. They just went by points, and the, they had a far better draft. And that's without even looking at the other leagues. So you can overthink the draft, and Igor Korshkov is one of those things. Alex Dabrinkit, it's just because he's small. It's literally yeah. just because he, he is a small player, and that's probably why Caulfield slipped, and that's why Nick Robertson slipped, and the list yep. goes on and on. Quinn Hughes yeah. – it's it's I don't know if I I think I brought Larry Bird. <laughs> I think I brought this up on the pod before, but I listened to an interview I don't know a couple of months ago with uh, with a scout, and I was like, oh, this could be interesting, and then I was just like, yeah, well, we look at uh, we and like the narrative of the Leafs draft last year was like, all oh, these guys are under six four, and the interview I was listening to was like, well, you know, we look at the height, and I'm like. Uh, God damn it. Like, this is not – that's – and there's a lot of finagling that definitely goes on with, like, oh, this player is represented by agent XYZ, which the team has a history with, and stuff like that comes into account for sure when you're looking at not the top cut of prospects. Like, when you're mm-hmm. looking at, you know, second-round, third-round guys, it's like, well, who's he represented by? Who's – all of that comes into account. But if you did it by just points – and I can think of a lot of teams that would have better drafts. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, people talk about Montreal and how good they're playing, and then they will kind of talk their way into saying that, like, their own narrative, essentially. They're like, well, Montreal's got a big, bruising defense, mm-hmm. and that's why they're doing it. And it's like, well, okay, but Toffoli has 10 points in 11 games. Suzuki has eight like those guys are five eleven. Like it's not. It's yeah. it, it takes it takes the whole team. I know that everyone wants to twist something into their own argument, but like those are the guys that are doing it. Suzuki's been incredible. Um, to Foley as well. Uh, one of the quotes that I saw from a Habs reporter actually, when the lineups were set, was like, "What needs to happen?" if the Montreal Canadiens go on a, a, a lengthy playoff run. And he's like, two things of the utmost important need to happen. 
Carey Price needs to be playoff Carey Price, which checkbox. Mm-hmm. Nick Suzuki has to have a coming out party, which checkbox. Yep. Like, and they they've nailed like the, that was the uh, I wish I remembered which reporter it was, but it was like those are he's like, and he, he started with like the uh, thing that's like you know, not even touching on. Shea Weber's health and Brendan Gallagher's health. He's like, these are my one A and one B that needs to happen for this team to go deep. And he got them both and he got them right. As far as I'm concerned, because Brendan Gallagher hasn't looked quite right. He's looked better in this jet series, but he hasn't looked quite right. Only needed to get one goal in the leaf series. Yeah. And as he gets bitterly, bitterly happy that he had his game seven moment, I'll die bitter that it was against my team, but he deserved to have it in that franchise. I think he's getting healthier now too. And a healthy Gallagher is really dangerous for, well, I mean, I don't know. It's Colorado or Vegas. So I don't know. I mean, we we'll we'll get into, sorry, go ahead. You think you, you think they've got a preference, like which team, do you think if you're the Montreal Canadiens, would you rather out of those two? You can pick. I, I would rather Vegas. I will also say my true choice if I was Montreal is that I would get to play Winnipeg in the first round. <laughs> then I would play Toronto. Then I would play one of those teams to fucking ramp up because this yeah, is that's... they're in a they have a, a they've had an easy sandwich of a playoffs, and I mean yeah. the bread is difficult. But the filling is nice. <laughs> this is my worst podcast performance. Oh, my Lord. I know. I love that. That was uh, – I got Vegas for a different reason um, because you had mentioned before that Marc-Andre Fleury had a pretty much a tremendous amount of difficulty getting his career back on the rails uh, for a few years. What derailed it is the Montreal Canadiens. In 2011 or 2010, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, defending Stanley Cup champs, go into Montreal, I believe. They had a 3-1 series lead, and the Habs beat them in seven, and Fleury had a disastrous game seven outing. Just like... Yeah. I think it was 5-2, and he was like, as someone who followed the Pittsburgh Penguins a lot, he was not the same goalie until he left Pittsburgh. Like, he just was not. He was... There was one year where Thomas Grice stole the job. There was one year where Tommy Vokun stole the job in the playoffs. Then the young guys to Murray, from, like Matt Murray. Flurry's kind of been, you know, because he's been an undeniable starting top five goalie in the league last in the last couple of years. I would argue the last three. And it's kind of crazy that he's doing it at this age because he was defined so early as like a because he had that big world junior blunder and they were like, this is a guy who can't get it done. And then he gets traded. They, they, they sign like Robin Leonard, who was literally one of the best goalies in the league. I think you'll, people will say in a couple of years mm-hmm. and Flurry just fights it off. I don't know how we got on Flurry, but he's been pretty, he's been great. But I think there's been a lot of great goaltending in the playoffs. How do you think, what do you, what do you think of Hellebuck's performance? Can't do it all. You yeah, know what well I mean? Said. Like he, <laughs> He just, you know, he he can't do it all. There's only so much the man could do. He's he, just a – that first game, man, they, like – I'm actually going to put a pin in this real quick because we're going to get Tim on pretty shortly. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I think and we can't talk about Hellbuck without uh, without the Jets fan here. So, well, I think uh, – I have one more thing that I'd like to get to, and it's kind of brief, and I hate to say it, but it's about the Leafs. Okay, i got one more thing to finish on Marc-Andre Fleury. We got there because – I oh, think right. that's who, yeah, that's who I think Montreal would rather just because of the history there. But here's oh, a right, I forgot. Little, yeah. I was like, why are we talking about Flurry? Yeah, <laughs> but here's here's a fun little factoid: if the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup this year, Mark Andre Fleury has his name on the cup the same amount of times as Wayne Gretzky. That's wow. Yeah, this would be a, his fourth ring. I just became a Flurry truther. Actually, I may have already been the whole time. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think when he retires, he's a Hall of Famer. It's got to be. It's fun. Did you ever hear that story about Flurry in the offseason, about when he got claimed by Vegas? No, I did not. Okay, so he was going uh, – he got claimed by Vegas, and when he got claimed, he was like – he kind of knew it was coming, but he still felt really weird about it. So before the season, he went on this big vacation, and he didn't bring his family or anything. He just went alone. And he just wanted to spend some time by himself. And then uh, he was just 
went into the pool one day and he wanted to be alone, but the pool boy was there and the pool boy was Mick Jagger. <laughs> I believe that until like right up until you, you got the... <laughs> I believe that you believe that. I once uh, suggested that the uh, the Leafs hire Thomas Tuchel to coach Game 7 exclusively, the, the Chelsea Champions League winner, and you uh, sent me a detailed rebuttal as to why that wouldn't be a good idea. You said, humor me here, please, at first. And I was like, is he serious? If you, if you would have saw the dots when I'm replying, they'd have been there for like, Three seconds and then delete it, and then three seconds and delete it. I don't you know how Mark Shifley, Charles, you know how when you watch that press conference, you were like, I wish Mark Shifley would just come out and be like, that was dumb, and I wish I didn't do that. That's how yeah. I feel about you and this Thomas Dougal incident. I thought you were serious. I wasn't. Okay, so here's my thing, because uh, our friend of the podcast, Taylor Hall, was eliminated this week, and there always needs to be something that's haunting me about a decision the Toronto Maple Leafs made. So I wanted to get to Corey Perry in this instance <laughs> because he has been so cursed. Because Corey Perry, if people don't know this, came to the Leafs and asked if they wanted to sign him. And honestly, like, I would have rather – not Spezza, but anyone else the Leafs signed this offseason besides TJ Brody, like the, the bargain guys. Corey Perry, in hindsight, of course, would have been a masterful fit absolutely masterful he's been so good and the butterfly effect from that haunts me because if you get perry he's not on the ice accidentally kneeing john Tavares. oh my god and yeah dude i never thought that, of just that, that little yeah. ripple effect of that yeah. that just like that came to me like i like woke up the other night and like wrote that down i was so rattled <laughs> he uh here's here's another little thing that people forget about curry perry he was on waivers this year Anyone could have had him. And it was after the Jason Spezza, if you claim me, I'll retire thing. So people were like, Corey, if someone claims you, will you retire? He's like, just want to play hockey, man. Just want to play hockey. So, yeah, anyone could have had him. 30 other teams could have had their own, very own Corey Perry right now. And you know what? It just goes to show that sometimes you can really overthink it. Because if a guy who won the Rocket Richard wants to come play for your team, he's coming off a playoff run that he took it, went with a team all the way to the finals and was very effective. Maybe you just throw that guy 700K and let him come play. Everyone fucked up. Not, you know, it's so weird. I thought I would hate Corey Perry so much. That was my number one prediction. I was like, I'm going to hate Corey Perry so much more by the end of this playoffs. And I have come to respect him even more. This is the darkest timeline. I hate you, I hate you Corey Perry, but I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> you ever meet him, that's how you greet him. You're Corey Perry, yeah. I hate you, but I respect you. <laughs> Now, if I ever meet Corey Perry, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, are you Mick Jagger? What are you doing near my pool? (laughs) Get away from my pool, Mick Jagger. We never talked about uh, Matthews winning the heart or or being nominated for the heart. Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon. I mean, is anyone truly nominated for the heart besides McDavid? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Names on the ballot, but it's McDavid's award, undeniably. Oh, if, I'm not if, saying if that. If they fuck this up, if they fuck this up, and they like won't Galaxy fuck brain, this up. They did it to him once before. <laughs> no, like, if oh, they were gonna too- fuck it up, they would. They'd give it. If they were gonna fuck it up, they'd give it to someone like I don't know, like Matt Martin or something. You'd be like, you know what? He's the real heart and soul guys here. I don't know that that goalie in in Florida that saved the day. What's his name? Chris Drieger. Oh, I love Chris Drieger. He's on my UFA want list. Oh, wow. Anyway, I do think uh, Matthew's getting nominated. He's the first Leaf in 28 years. That's yep. like basically yeah, – it's a long it's, time. It's, oh, you would have been like two years old the last time uh, somebody was nominated. for. Who was the last Leaf nominated for the Hart Trophy? I believe Doug Gilmore in 94? Probably – or maybe it was that 92-year. Either way, from the most romanticized Leafs team of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one that uh, everybody has a deep lust to return to that 90s Leafs team. <laughs> I don't like that you said deep lust one bit. I don't care for that 
<laughs> not a, not at all. Uh, oh man, it's it's. You said romanticize. It cuts deeper than that. It cuts yeah, but deeper you didn't, than there was no romance in that. There's no romance. It's just deep <laughs> lust. Oh, we were off the rails this week. We oh, <laughs> I don't think we got on the rails in the first place. That's I think true. this is just we're just you know you know when the eighteen wheeler fell off a cliff. This podcast is the eighteen wheeler has been lying on its side this entire time and is showing no signs of getting up. No crash. One one tire is still spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. I got to say, while we're waiting for Tim, I had such a laugh that Edmonton re-signed Devin Shore. They're going to... Oh, yeah. Why would they re-sign before expansion? That's so stupid. Now they have to... They're going to protect them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. My favorite thing about that is the Oilers get swept, and like everyone's like, "Whoa, didn't see that coming." But there's no talk whatsoever of like changes or, or anything like that. The Leafs lose in seven, and there's like, "Fuck it, heads are rolling. Something is going to change. Trade one of them, send one of them to Siberia." Send them to the labor fan base. Camps. No management came out and said that. Uh, management came I, out and said f- that they're not changing that core. Fan base and sports media, like the Edmonton sports media and the Toronto sports media, are two entirely different temperatures. Sure. Yeah, but the Edmonton Oilers... has a very traditionally anti-analytic sports media, though. I think Tyler Dello rubbed the wrong, uh, rubbed a uh, rubbed a few feathers, ruffled a few feathers when he was writing in the Edmonton market, and I think ever since then they're like, they're just. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the Edmonton media, as a blanket statement, are a bunch of people who care about Devin Shore's XG, which is, by the way, the worst in the league. No exceptions. <laughs> it's the fact that that's, like, what happens when they get swept. And it was kind of a big deal when Dubas and Keefe, and, or no, not Keefe, Keefe doesn't have a say, but Dubas and Shanahan were like, we're running it again. We believe in this. Someone's going to happen. And, like, the presser that they had was – got pretty heated when Shanahan was up there. Like, he got short with a couple of people. And then just to see Edmonton, like, none of that happened. They're like, how disappointed are you? We're really disappointed. Shit, that sucks. Well, have a good summer. And then the Oilers' first move is like, we're doing it again. We're bringing back the guy. Everybody complained, got too much ice time. Besides, our coach loves him. Like, that was it. Like, everybody under the sun. It was like, yeah, we're bringing him back. And people are like, this seems fair. Oh what about yeah, Tyson Berry. When does Tyson Berry get his eight years? I'm interested to see what Tyson Berry is going to do, and they they also have Larson. I think that Edmonton free agency is going to be uh, something else. I think they're going to do the old Kenny Holland thing, where he hands out too much money and then has to trade away some money. Oh, I can't wait! I love free agency. I think it's far more fun than trade deadline. It's just yeah, it it's it. A it, mad, it, it <clears throat> has overtaken the trade deadline because the, the trade deadline is last couple of them kind of been flops. Yeah, but I don't know. There's some you're guaranteed stuff on free agent day. That's true. You're guaranteed, right. you know. Oh, did you read the? Uh, oh my! I think it was, yeah, it was. It must have been Kevin Shattenkirk who got bought out. I think it was Kevin Shattenkirk a handful of years ago, mm-hmm. where. He was a big-ticket UFA after playing for the Capitals in a play. So it was Shattenkirk. He's a big-ticket UFA, and the whole thing was like, yeah, he's going to go to the Rangers, and his agent was like angling for the Rangers and all that, and everybody wanted his services. And then the first day of free agency, nobody called him. Like, not a single team. No one called Kevin Shattenkirk. No one called him. That was what he said. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Shattenkirk. I'd have to go back. It was, it was on uh, an episode of, like, the 31 Thoughts podcast years ago. And it was like, nobody called me. So it's kind of weird what they do to, you know, play the game with free agency stuff. Like, can you imagine just not getting a call on the first day of free agency? <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, it's going to be – I think the only thing that's a real miscalculation for teams who have uh, allocated a lot of money to certain players is that you could have never saw this coming, but free agency is going to really get changed up by the fact that a lot of players are going to be signing smaller, shorter deals. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have been saying, like, the NHL is going to inch closer and closer to how the NBA operates, where there's – all kinds of play, player movement and trade movement and mm-hmm. free agent movement. 
and I think the flat cap is going to kind of move it there. Like if the cap is, if the cap is flat for three years and I'm a free agent this year, I don't want to deal longer than three years. Oh, not a chance. I'm signing. Like, well, uh, I wanna, that's how I think the Leafs keep Zach Hyman. Eh? That's how I think that's where I think the possibility of this going is. It's like, look, you can make some money, Zach, but you can stay here and still have a chance to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's I wishful mean, thinking. I, I, I don't know. I think that the Leafs are going to do some type of weird kind of bomb bomb move that is just going to kind of shock people. I don't think it's going to be the core, but I think that uh, something strange uh, is coming. So you think it starts with M and ends with Oregon Eiley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know where, what else they're going to do. If they're not going to trade yeah. the core, there's not, a, there's not really a big value asset on the roster besides Riley. And, I mean, I think Riley's been as good. I said don't trade Marner because his value's never been lower. But on the other end, like, maybe this is a, a time to – Riley's value's probably never been higher. You know what he I think you could get fantastic done? fantastic in the playoffs, and he's making five mil next year, and you're not getting him for that again. No, I think I think you could move him to a place like Arizona if they can move out uh, Ekman Larson. Matt, are you drinking red wine? Yeah, I had a red wine. Hmm. While we wait for Tim, I've got I've got <laughs> something to bring up. All right, Boston Bruins. You mentioned earlier Taylor Hall, friend of the show. Boston Bruins got eliminated last night, mm-hmm. and uh, the veteran presence of the New York Islanders really, really gave them trouble. Like you've got. Paul Mary with an overtime winner, and he had a goal last night. He's My number one trade deadline target, by the way. Travis Sajak was a huge, huge addition. And I say this with all the sincerity and none of the irony. Do you think if the Bruins run it back like the Leafs are asked, would they have added a little bit of veteran presence? No. No. Okay. Well, okay. okay. Here's a question: Are you asking me if I add more veteran presence? Uh, because I'm just I, asking if that's a question that's going to come out of Boston. Not, not, not you. Not you I personally. Never Is that had a question that's presence again? That word never. I, I have had. I'm fucking had it with veteran presence. <laughs> I'm never going to be like, give me some older. Pl- I want someone old. I, I, I want the best players on, available. I think Boston had the I, best trade deadline of any deadline. They got. Uh, Mike Riley and they got Taylor Hall. I thought they were like Mike Riley. unreal. I uh, so I made the joke on Twitter last night after, um, no, before Paul Mary scored that goal. It was it was three one, and then Paul Mary made it four one, I believe. And I was making the joke with my roommate before. I was like, you know, if they lose this, they're lacking on veteran presence. You got to ask the question: Should Boston have gone after Nick Foligno? And the groan <laughs> that he gave me. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get someone asking this, but like, not as ironically. That's a fucking crime that you asked that. How dare you? (laughs) Oh oh my god, that is. Gotta ask the question. (laughs) No, you don't have to ask that question. I promise you don't. Here's an idea: when you're acquiring players, chop off the names, (laughs) chop off the heights chop off the ages, just see who's performing and add those guys. That's fair. What about that? Well, I, I don't, but... I want a guy who's old. No, not even that. Chop off, but you just said... Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. You Tim, said, are you here? I think Tim just came into the Zoom at the worst possible time. <laughs> yes, can you hear me? Oh my God, yeah. yes. Okay, Tim, wow. how many podcasts have you been listening to lately about hockey? Any athletic leafs podcasts i had to take a break uh um from uh hearing anything about hockey for a little bit you know i understand uh but you're missing out on some great deals on men's grooming products that are being advertised on every every (laughs) hockey podcast so there's more bad news buddy okay well first of all welcome thank you for coming second of all uh I did not realize you were here. I apologize for making you wait while we were rambling on about absolute nonsense. And uh, <laughs> as someone who's who's had their heart stomped on by the Montreal Canadiens this year, I'd like to welcome you to this sad party that we're having. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to check the vibe on this party because it's going to be sad. <laughs> 
Oh, the vibe is bad. I had a weird thing that I just thought about because uh, you, you guys swept the Oilers. Then you got swept by the Canadians. Yeah. So in this playoffs, even though we played you, – you played two series, you only had one more playoff game than we did. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Wow. Yeah, I, didn't, like, I never noticed that. Eight games. They just, like, came and went so fast. I mean, the Edmonton series was so exhilarating. Yeah. And, of course, everyone was picking Edmonton. Um, and everyone was saying Edmonton was the favorite to win. So every time we played, every time they dropped the puck, I held my breath and braced myself for an ass-kicking that never really came. <laughs> you know, and there was like, of course, the momentum always swings in a game, and there was times where Edmonton definitely were out, was outplaying us, but our decor just stayed solid, and the strategy and the plan that Paul Maurice put together and the team executed seemed to work spectacularly. It was the first time in franchise history we've ever swept a team um, so that's a huge feather in our cap. And then out of that, I was so jacked up. I was so jazzed. I was like, this is the team. This is the core. This is the group. Ehlers is back. Stastny is doing what Stastny does. And, uh, Mark Shifley is going to be here forever. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, Mark Shifley. Yeah. When the, um, when we were getting ready to start the second series, there was so much favoritism to uh, Winnipeg over Montreal. It seemed like I looked at, I don't know, 12 picks and everyone had Winnipeg except for one person had Montreal in seven. So um, that got me worried immediately. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't like, I guess we don't play well from that position. We can't be the favorite. Um, people are are just, you know, giving out free chips for everyone to put on their shoulders in Montreal. And um, I think a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the Canadian sports media comes out of Toronto. And so there must have been some heavy hearts uh, making those picks or, or maybe it was a little bit of spite or, or whatever. And I, and I, and I knew, like, I watched that series with Toronto, and I've watched a bunch of Montreal games this year, and I, I know what they're capable of. Like, uh, uh, we had we had a few friends over to watch a backyard Jets game earlier in the season. It was going to be a great time, and then Montreal Yard beat hockey us rules. Yeah. So, oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, and then it uh, that first game, it was like – Montreal is outplaying us, and and then oh, we got a couple late goals. Oh, we've done this before. We can maybe get it to overtime. Maybe something will happen in the last minute of the game, just to find the whole series. Mark Seifley making that big ass hit on Jake Evans. Oh, that was insane. And let me tell you, Tim, I uh, before you came on the show, I confessed that I thought I was eating a CBD gummy, but I accidentally ate a CBD and THC gummy. And let me tell you, when I just heard you say handing out free chips, I almost jumped out of my seat. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's get into exactly what happened here. I mean, the Shifley press conference was insane. Let me start this. Mm. Let me start. Let me start with this question. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> There's a question from, uh, there's a quote here from Shifley. I'll read it. He said, I thought I was going to be shut down by Philip Deneau. Instead, it was the Department of Player Safety that shut me down. So here's yeah. my question. That hit happened in game one. How many games into the series was Mark Shifley sitting in the press box and he thought about that and he wrote it down and said that he was going to say it? Oh, yeah, definitely. He had that one teed up like, he probably said that 10 times to his teammates and still fucked up the wording at the press conference. Oh my God. What did you think of his press conference performance? Cause he didn't, uh, he didn't loved it. Loved it. Okay. Justify this insane take Tim Gray. I'm here yeah, for wow. it. I think he left. I think that's how he's leaving. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Tim? What happened? That this is so funny. Justify oh. this insane take, and he leaves. 
Hang on. Oh, here he is. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought I thought that's how you were leaving us. Just uh, I loved it. Bang, gone. <laughs> yeah, I love the press conference. No more questions. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hey, there you are. Sorry, I, I was sitting in my car uh, on the Zoom on the phone, and I, I thought. Uh, I just heard your door creak. Do you live in a haunted house? (laughs) (laughs) It's haunted by the ghost of Canadians. Oh, oh no. (laughs) So you loved it. Tell us why you loved it. I must hear this. I loved it because, um, I loved it because he didn't pull any punches. And I don't know. There is just, I have such a, I've never, I've never had this experience before with, an NHL franchise where like a rival rivalry with fan bases is so fired up. Like I got, I had to get off Twitter because I got so frustrated. Wow. What did you think of the hit? <laughs> I had to get off Twitter because I was so frustrated. And then I had to get off this podcast because I was so frustrated. <laughs> this is just Tim just leaving things out of frustration. <laughs> I had to the move. The rage quit episode featuring. I had to move Tim to America Brady. because I was so frustrated. <laughs> I went to space with Jeff Bezos and his brother because I was so frustrated. <laughs> I couldn't handle Earth anymore. <laughs> um, did you? Do you guys remember that uh, Tory Krug hit in the playoffs? Uh, I think 2018 or 19, maybe. I want to say 19. Um, Tory Krug, where um, I, he's Boston Bruins guy. Somebody was. Um, oh, they hit on Robert Thomas. Yes, the hit on Robert Thomas. Blues, yeah, yeah, he, he, he torpedoed him. He skated end to end with his helmet off and, and just blew up Robert Thomas and knocked him on his butt. And whole crowd goes crazy. Even the referees are, like, cheering. They're like, everyone loved that hit. And no one said he went end to end and charged and whatever. He didn't get a penalty for it. It was just a big playoff explosive moment yeah but it wasn't a, it wasn't after a goal though no i know but like it an was, empty netter too an empty netter he sure, went but... he lost his head man i don't mind the press conference in the sense that i like it when hockey players say crazy things and i think we should let them because it makes it more interesting absolutely but, but i mean that was uh i gotta I know, say I, mean, I think i think the 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 big most people think that suspension was pretty fair yeah do you think you win without him i don't think or sorry uh, with him uh honestly i don't uh i don't think so i mean everything seemed to go wrong in that first game 27 seconds in dylan Demello pulls his groin and now mm-hmm. we have to roll Ooh. 5d and the pairs had just started to really hum like uh uh, Tucker Pullman was playing with Logan Stanley and their longtime D partners and Neil Pionk and Derek Forbert were playing together and they're the Minnesota Mayhem boys. Pionk was amazing. Yeah, Pionk was, was, was really great. And Morrissey was, you know, was, was much better against Edmonton. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That just kind of sent everything down into a spiral, it seemed. And I don't think we, I don't know if we, I think it definitely wouldn't have been four. I think it would have been maybe six. I don't know if we would have won. Um, it just didn't seem to get any bounces going our way. And I, look, I, I'm not saying that the Mark Shifley hit was clean. I'm not saying that it was justified. And I'm not saying that like hockey needs that kind of thing. Because I can't imagine like trying to explain that if you're watching it with your kid or whatever. Like sure, that's sure. harsh. I, I I really I really wish that you know maybe Jake Evans would have been um, more like Robert Thomas in how he braved himself for that hit. Like, I wish there would have been some sort of, uh, sorry, I wish there would have been some sort of, um, I don't know. You making a case of E right now? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so my wife, I was just in the kitchen. My wife started microwaving. So there was a lot of activity. There's a lot of activity going on. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, no. It's, it's all good. But, um, yeah, it was just so awful and disgusting. And But that's it's so not that guy. He only had, like, 12 penalty minutes this whole season. He's, he lost it. He did. Like, he... He gets. He is competitive. That's what makes him great. He is driven. He is a, a skilled player who wants to win. And uh, it was an awful way it ended. But uh, who do you think but, uh, on Montreal? I'm wondering that. Like, who who were the key players in your eyes for the Canadians? Um, I think. Well, obviously Cole Caulfield. He is just a little spitfire, man. He moves fast. Totally. And he is fast with the puck. And he's, I don't know, <laughs> once they get into, but I think the, uh, honestly, I think the thing that truly killed us was their D, like Weber and, and so uh, Petrie. And like, they, we couldn't get anyone in front of the net. We couldn't get anyone in front of the net for anything. Like, even the rebounds that Carey Price was letting out, which were far and few between, we couldn't get a guy within like 10, 12 feet of the net. So, um, yeah, I don't know who I, – I, it is really cool to see Carey Price play like I've heard Carey Price can play, you know? Yeah. I didn't see him in that uh, – what was it, the Olympics or whatever it was where – he put the team on his back and rode into town and took the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this. Uh, what is up with Pierre-Luc Dubois? What, uh, what's your take on it? Like, if you I go back to, to – yep. Sorry, have you, did you hear the rumor going, going around – going around the Winnipeg uh, Jets um, Twitter base or whatnot, but – Oh, the rumor that he was thinking about making a quesadilla the whole time he was playing. So was <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that on Twitter. I, 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 uh, the only one... thing about quesadillas the whole time. The only rumors that I heard is... The only rumors I heard about his performance was like, everyone was saying he was injured, he was injured, he yeah. was injured. And yeah. then his first, his first addressment to the media was like, hey, by the way, I wasn't hurt. I was just yeah. bad at playing hockey. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day. That must suck like, if you're not injured. Yes. And the media's like, you're injured, right? And you're like, no. I, do. I guess I just bad. Yeah, imagine if you show up to work and you're like, hey, you've been obviously really sick this past month. Uh, what? No. No. No, I've been uh, fine. So what, what was the rumor about uh, Dubois? So... Um, it, it popped up on the Reddit page and then there was a screenshot taken of this comment and it was shared all around. But, uh, so his dad runs a construction company in town. Um, I forget the name of it, but somebody, uh, someone who Jets fan put together like a highlight reel of, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois this season for the Jets. And, uh, it's got like, I don't know, five goals. And then the last uh, minute and a half of it is just footage from the, of uh from this construction company oh god so people are saying like this so this person that commented uh was saying that they work at this home depot in winnipeg and they see pierre luc dubois coming in all the time and he's really friendly with the staff and he's always picking up lumber and so the rumor is that he's building decks and working for his dad's construction company during the day so he's too tired to play the hockey games at night Okay, so let me okay, get this straight. What? You traded a guy who, in Patrick Laine, who allegedly yeah. was too addicted to video games. I know. A guy who's addicted to building decks? Is He's that what I'm Yeah. He's building yeah. patios all day and then suiting up for the Jets at night? That's the rumor. I, yeah. I, refu I refuse to believe that. I refuse. I, I heard it because I heard another rumor that he kept putting on Kim Mitchell's patio lantern in the dressing room <laughs> and it was really driving everyone crazy. <laughs> I tell you what, though, if that's true, if that's what he was at, uh -huh. best, son of, best son you could ever ask for. Oh, yeah, for sure. Best yeah. son you yeah. could ever ask for. You well, could trade it. 
here's like my, my problem with that being a criticism is that we forget he is a professional athlete. He's not like uh, me over here where I build a deck for half a day and then I got to take 10 naps just to catch up. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> I would hope a professional man, you build a quesadilla, you gotta take a break. <laughs> I get halfway through it and I lay down. But if you're the Winnipeg Jets and this guy gets hurt building a patio, oh yeah, yeah, huge liability. Absolutely. It yeah. would be crazy if he started getting other boys into it, too. Like, it was like, oh, Dubois a bad influence, man. He's got Billy Heinel riding right on lawnmowers every day. Hey, I bet you Billy would just be happy for the work, honestly. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Billy. Poor <laughs> Billy. Did you see his Instagram? This fucking ruled. No, I didn't see it. Okay, so he put up he put up a, an Instagram, and it was like uh, just 2021 or whatever. The first picture was him playing in Finland. The first picture was him playing uh, for the AHL affiliate. The next picture was yeah. him playing for the Jets. And then the last picture was the picture of Bernie Sanders uh, with mittens on, but with his own face over it, just sitting down doing nothing. Oh, he put that up on his Instagram. Good for him. Yes. I mean, he probably sees it on Twitter all the time, people calling for him to get put in play oh, and so he should man he was great yes the free Jake Gardner moment having said our last game big logan stanley two beautiful shots yep. from either side of the ice picking both corners for carrie price who had all the all the looks in the world to see where that puck was going and still couldn't stop it so that's promising to those, me both of those goals hurt me because it's like, you guys get two that Carey Price should have had in one right. game when we yeah. couldn't get one in three games? Oh, I'm so mad. I was yeah. so mad. I hear yeah. that. I hear that. And we got three goals on him in the first game. You know, like, but then uh, we, couldn't, uh, we couldn't help but let in a few shorthanded goals. Like one, three game. shorties. And Montreal's yeah, PK was eight for eight, a hundred percent. That's yeah. a pretty incredible performance on their yeah. end. But I mean, the, the other side of that is Mark Scheifele is probably the key cog in that power play. And uh, oh, big time, one of them for sure. Yeah, and, and like the way the way that that last game four ended was a perfect summary of the, how the series went. Pierre-Luc Dubois playing like absolute dog crap. Uh, he got moved to the fourth line in that last game. And then we somehow make it to overtime. And, oh, let's get that guy out first. He's, he's I guess he made a really good quesadilla before the overtime period. <laughs> and convinced the team he's ready to go. Well, there's a rumor that if he scored the overtime winner, they were going to let him build a new penalty box in the Bell Center. <laughs> he's got a tool belt on. He's yeah. taking the ice in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> he's shooting with a hammer. Oh, my oh God. Oh, Lord. But, let me ask but, you. I tell you one thing about Pierre-Luc Dubois. we got to fucking get him to stop hanging out with Al Borland all the time. He's a bad influence. <laughs> let, let me ask you this right quick. Do you think – that one of the things that the Winnipeg defense couldn't adjust to, they like. Oh, that's to a let... leading question. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I, they, they're a team that likes to let Connor Hellebuck see everything, and Montreal yeah. is a team that likes to have their players crash the net. So if you're letting yeah. your goalie see everything, going up against a team that likes to crash the net, you're essentially leaving him there to fend for himself against Corey Perry and Eric Stahl night exactly. after night, which they had a. They had a big series. So do you think that's a failure on Paul Maurice and, and the coaching staff to not tighten that up or change something in the span of four games? Yeah, it was night and day for the coaching criticisms and praises between the Edmonton and the Montreal series. Like everyone kept saying that Edmonton got outcoached by Paul Maurice and then Montreal, you know, everyone's calling for Paul Maurice's head. I mean, yeah, I think there were some <laughs> dumb decisions made. and. God damn it, like who like who do goalies hate more than Corey Perry, I wonder. Uh, he is probably yeah. nobody. Probably yeah. nobody. I guess for Paul Maurice it, it balances out in a healthy medium. 
It's like the, well, they want to give him an extension after one series. They want him fired out of a cannon after the second series. We'll bring it back next year, see how it goes, Which is yet another, in my opinion, yet another example that it's kind of stupid to make decisions based on playoff series and not be zooming out and seeing what's happening. And in that sense, that actually leads me to a question that I wanted to ask you on behalf of Leafs fans. Sure. Because Marner and Matthews have had a uh, haven't scored a playoff goal. I think Marner hasn't scored one in like seventeen games or something. That's so and now there's a bunch of members of the fan base who are clamoring for a trade. Yeah, but you have a kind of direct experience in the sense that uh, a Winnipeg Jets player uh, did not score a playoff goal for twenty games, and everyone wanted him traded. And then this year, he was probably your best player, Nick Ehlers, who had Nick a Ehlers. pretty damn yeah. great playoffs. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he had a torn titty. So, oh, yeah. And a broken rib. And a broken rib. Yeah. Oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois could have fixed that up. Anyway, <laughs> my, my point is, do you think that uh, – and we are a bit short on time, so I guess right. – would you advise caution when it comes to moving guys like that? Or Now I'm asking leading questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on <laughs> well, that? You're, <laughs> you're, you're, a big, you're a big Corsi guy, right? Like, you like the analytics, you know, the idea that uh, – if you flip a coin a thousand times, uh, 500 is going to be heads, 500 is going to be tails. So if you're, if, you know, if Mitch Marner has that many playoff opportunities and the Corsi numbers say that he should be scoring, but he's not, you know, eventually those are going to correct themselves over time, right? Like, who knows? Maybe next year he gets the monkey off his back like Nick Ehlers did and, and uh, just goes Kucherov on everybody. This is music to oh, my ears. Goes Kucherov in the sense that uh, he doesn't play all playoffs and we get to have him play for free. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, that's probably the, that's how the Leafs solved their cap dilemma. They just uh, break the oh, cap like the Wayne did because no one cares. <laughs> let, a, let a guy build decks all year long and then come back in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. What are they, 16 million over us? Yeah, they're doing good. 16 million. That's like 30 decks. That's the uh, that's that's what the Tampa Bay team is over eighteen million. Dougie 18 Hamilton million. threw it out in his press conference. He's like, "Well, we were beat by a team that's eighteen million over the cap." Yeah, Which, Tim. Uh, thank stay. you for coming on very much. Our Zoom is almost out of time here, okay. so I'm going to leave you with the last word on this. And I'm very grateful uh, to you for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was super fun, and I'm sorry that you got rushed on your way home. But here's my question for you: Do you, does Montreal have any hope against? the Colorado Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights, depending on who it is. We don't know at this time as of when, when we're recording right now. After the first game of the Colorado and Vegas, I did not think that uh, Vegas stood a chance at all. And then that series is completely flipped on its head. And Montreal is going to be healthy and strong and they have Carey Price and a whole bunch of people with chips on their shoulders. I think Montreal could really upset some Americans, but, uh, who knows? We'll see. It'll be very weird for them to go play somewhere in the States to a full arena and then come back to, you know, 5,000 or whatever. It's, it's going to change the dynamic of the home ice advantage. But uh, I hate Montreal. I'll never cheer for them. I hate their fan base. They're the worst. Um, but uh, secretly behind the curtain, I'm cheering for Carey Price. Me too. Except That's a perfect way to end that. And uh, I'm going to go get myself some chips because apparently they're just fucking <laughs> handing them out. All you can eat. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bye. Tim. Thank you.